You may find this hard to believe, but 60 songs that explain the 90s, America's favorite poorly named music podcast, is back with 30 more songs and 120 songs total. I am your host, Rob Harvilla, here to bring you more shrewd musical analysis, poignant nostalgic reveries, crude personal anecdotes, and rad special guests, all with even less restraint than usual. Join us once more on 60 songs that explain the 90s, starting Wednesday, May 17th, on Spotify. It's the Ringer Gambling Show presented by FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here and you can bet on all of the action with an assist from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explorer page in the post and bet live same-game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gambling. Please visit theringer.com slash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen at the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 and up in President Select States. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit theringer.com slash RG. There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more. A Wednesday edition of East Coast Bias. The boys are back by popular demand. It's Raheem Palmer, Joe House, yours truly, JJ Janzi We're here on the Ringer Gambling feed. We're here, of course, for our friends over at FanDuel TV. And as you can tell, Joe House, our boy Raheem Palmer has a little extra glow. He's going to have a little extra giddy up in his step walking around town. Because, Raheem, my man, what a performance by your Philadelphia 76ers laying a smackdown. Forget about covering the seven and a half, which we never sweated for a minute. I told you guys on Monday I liked the Sixers. Sixers were my best bet of the card for a Tuesday NBA slate. But, Raheem, not only did they go and cover, they win and they win comfortably. I could have played Sixers alternate spread minus ten and a half, and it would have been a winner. How are you, bud? Yeah, I mean, that was an absolutely dominant performance from the Philadelphia 76ers, and it was a total team effort. I mean, Tyrese Maxey, like, he hasn't been playing well the entire series. Drops 30. You got Tobias Harris showing up. You got James Harden. He only took eight shots. 17 points. I mean, 10 assists. I mean, like, and Joel Embiid. How about that block on Jalen Brown? It's just a total team effort. You know, Doc Rivers outcoached Joe Missoula. Sixers are in a prime position. And now, they're the odds-on favorite to win the NBA title. They're at plus 290 right now at FanDuel Sportsbook. It's a stunning turn of events, fellas. I mean, I can't believe this, which is the Boston Celtics have now lost three of the last four games at home. These are all playoff games. This is not the Garden, but the Garden replacement 
And what was missing right from the beginning with these Boston Celtics was the energy that the Cel- that the Sixers showed up with, the physicality that the Sixers showed up with, and this crowd just doesn't really this Boston crowd doesn't believe. And I I have a theory, I'll bounce it off you guys. I I can't really prove it and and I I'm sure I'm not the author of it, but I think that this Celtics team is missing an identity and it's because of what happened with Ime. I think the toughness that their head coach last season brought to these guys, they are missing a toughness. I've been calling them the Charmin Celtics for two months now and I can't prove it. All I know is, you know, another slow start for Tatum and it seems to affect the whole team. Um, and they they just couldn't match the Sixers' energy tonight. How can that be possible at home in Game Five in the in the in the semi semifinals of the conference, JJ? Well, and you think about it: when the Celtics don't hit threes, they don't win. I mean, that is their blueprint. That is their formula. And you hit on something, House. This was the tough-minded, defensive-minded. Boston Celtics team from a year ago that really came on in January, February, March, played brilliant basketball in April and May, grinded it out and won a game seven on the road in Miami. And Raheem, if you go back to the Celtics last year, they're in the exact same position that they were in against the Milwaukee Bucks. They lost game five. Giannis broke their heart. They lose their fifth game at home, but that was a much tougher Celtic team last year that was able to go and win game six in Milwaukee. That was able to go after losing a game six at home to the Miami Heat. Yucked up a game six to the Miami Heat. Still found a way to survive a game seven on the road. Now, Raheem, this Celtic team, you say, well, it's a lot of the same players. I understand it's a different head coach. Uh, It should be old hat for the Boston Celtics. I don't look at it that way because for the last couple of months, it has seemed like something is amiss with this team. So the opening line of this game, I want to hit you on this dream right out of the gate. I know the Celtics were big favorites in this series. I know the Celtics were favored on the road in game three. Game four, depending on where you got the number, Celtics were an early favorite. Then it was Pickham. Then I think it closed with Philly minus one. We stand here Wednesday. Are you surprised, Raheem, that Vegas is installing the Boston Celtics as a road favorite in game six? I'm not surprised at all because, I mean, look, I've been saying this for a while. The Boston Celtics have been overvalued. And, I mean, obviously in game number four, you saw the Boston Celtics open up as two, two and a half point road favorites. And that line closed all the way at Celtics plus one. But for that line to go from Celtics plus one on the closing line to game five, them laying seven and a half, you're looking at an eight and a half point line move. That tells you that the market is overvaluing this Celtics team. Now, back to what you said about the identity of this Celtics team. I mean, it's clear that they're not the same defensive team that we saw under Ime. I mean, you look at last night, the hard MB pick and roll. I mean, they got whatever they wanted from that. According to Second Spectrum, they scored 1.2 points per direct chance in the pick and roll. And it looked like the Celtics were icing the pick and roll. And 
Joel Embiid was getting that mid-range jumper every single time down. When Tyrese Maxey ran a pick and roll with Joel Embiid, they scored 1.3 points per Wander possession. So it just feels like this Celtics team, like you said, when they're not hitting their threes, they can't win. This season, 34-2, and two, when they hit 40% of their threes, when they don't, they're 29 and 28, including last night. So this Celtics team is a high-variance team, very similar to the Maury Houston Rockets. Now, House, game three, you had a very confident feeling about the Boston Celtics. They went and had a great offensive performance, and it felt like they had an answer. Anytime it felt like Philadelphia was making a run, it would be a dagger three here. It'd be a dagger three there. Now, all of a sudden, this is the biggest game, in my opinion, that Doc Rivers, Joel Embiid, Philadelphia 76ers have played. I know Joel played that game seven in Toronto. Brett Brown was the head coach. Kawhi Leonard ended up breaking their hearts at the buzzer. But the Doc Rivers, Joel Embiid, Philadelphia 76ers, they're up 3-2 in this series. As Raheem just said, they're right there as far as title favorites. This is now a series house. If I'm the Sixers, I got to win this one now at this point. Like, you got a game six in your building at home against a reeling Celtics team. The, the pressure in many ways has kind of shifted to Philadelphia. Philadelphia has to be, has to win this series. They got to win it. I totally agree, JJ. This is absolutely their best chance in uh, the Joel Embiid era. And, you know, not really going out on a limb. Along the way here, here on the East Coast bias at different points over the last six weeks or so, we have taken note of the way that certain things have been breaking and saying, wait a minute, is, is this possibly the Sixers year? All the way up to the injury that Joel suffered against the Nets, getting extra rest with that because the, the, the Celtics messed around and let the Hawks take two games from them. That extra rest, you know, has, has paid dividends because, look, it's game five and Joel looks pretty good. Now, part of why Joel looks good to me is the Celtics can't put any pressure on him. The Al Horford standing out there at the three-point line, throwing up brick after brick after brick. So Joel just sits in the paint and disrupts anything that the Celtics want to run inside. And Marcus Smart, I think, is spooked a little bit because he passed the ball a lot. There was some kind of hot potato going on with Marcus Smart tonight, especially in the third quarter. Um, you know, the sh shots that he might otherwise, and this is to Doc's credit, to the Sixers credit, the open shots are Marcus Smart shots. So if you, if the, the Sixers are willing to live with Marcus Smart and, and Al Horford beating them, they're willing to live with that, that, that outcome and they're daring the Celtics to do it and they can't do it. So I think, you know, if it, Joel looks looks good, he he put on an MVP performance tonight. I don't know what between now and 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 Thursday tomorrow night what's going to flip the script, other than the variance that that Dream mentioned, which is Celtics come out and hit a whole bunch of threes. But it's just not something that we've seen uh, with any consistency thus far in this series. Yeah, I mean, I think the one thing I want to add to that is that the Philadelphia 76ers, they have been notorious all season long for their struggles in transition defense and their struggles with turnovers. That's the two things that the Sixers have been cutting back on. When you look at all of their wins in this series, I mean, they're not turning the ball over very much, and they're not allowing the Boston Celtics to get out and run. And you look at this last game, 
only 81 possessions in this game. So, I mean, you're seeing a very, very slow-paced series, and I think that's working towards the Philadelphia 76ers' advantage. With James Harden, his ability to slow down the pace of the game, when he's not turning the ball over, when Joel Embiid's not turning the ball over, the Celtics aren't getting easy baskets in transition. And as long as they continue to do that, I think they're at an advantage, and there's a good chance that this series gets wrapped up in six games. Um, I think there's an excellent chance, of course, that Philadelphia is going to win game six. Uh, I think the line, quite frankly, is a little misguided with the idea that Boston is a one and a half point road favorite. I'm with you on this stream. I think the Celtics are being overvalued in this particular spot. Now, for anybody out there that for some reason is still a full fledged believer in the Boston Celtics, and I am not including the podfather on that list because he is out. I can tell he is out on his boys. Would you, you know what the podfather told us last week? The Podfather told us that he wasn't even flying back east He's to out. see this team. No more travels. And that included the possibility of having a New York, including a potential New York trip or a Miami trip, which, by the way, is always worth the price of admission uh, for a lot of different reasons. Let's just put it that way. A dream. Would you advise anybody, though, if they like the Celtics in game six to just play them to win the series? Would you do that? Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I think that's one of my favorite plays when it comes to the NBA playoffs, when the team is down 3-2 and they have a game seven at home. Always play them to win the series. And in case you're wondering, the up-to-the-minute Eastern Conference semifinal series, you want to get in on the Celtics? They're at plus 150. House, any interest? I love the number and I love the thesis, but I hate myself because I have so much Celtics exposure already. I would, I, I, you know, started around Christmas time and then just been adding to it in bits and pieces. I had this series as Celtics in six uh, at, at plus four fifty. I, I bought that at the beginning of, of the the series, and, and you know, it was staring them in the face coming into tonight. Um, I hate to to continue to just put money into this this Celtics black hole, but the rationale for playing it it makes sense, and the number's good, so I might have to do a little bit more. I hate myself for it, but I might have to do a little bit more. Well, I'll be rooting against that because I am all I in on Raheem Seventy Sixers to get to the NBA Finals. Say a prayer on that one. There's a ticket that I don't want to expose yet, but if they do find their way to beat Boston, uh, we might tie in that ticket a little bit later on in the show. I might even let you know a little bit later on in the show. What do we got coming up? We got the 100 where Raheem is going to nail both games, hopefully coming up on Wednesday. Do my Knickerbockers have any prayer of getting the series back down to South Beach for a potential game number six? The Lakers, the Warriors. How about my Lakers? What a cover. What a, what a rabbit out of the hat the other night. And we got the Nuggets and the Suns to get to. Loaded show, East Coast Bias. The boys come right back. The NBA playoffs are in full swing, and you can turn crossovers into cash with FanDuel. Just visit FanDuel.com slash gamblers right now and place a $5 bet, and you'll get an instant $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. Wednesday night, Knicks heat. I don't think the Knicks are going to find a way to win this series. I do think they're going to have one last moment at Madison Square Garden. So I'll be taking the Knickerbockers to go and take care of business. And I think the Sixers are ending their series on Thursday night. I just do not like what I'm seeing from the Boston Celtics. And I think that line's out of whack. Philly, getting points. Where do I sign? There's no better place to bet all the playoff action than America's number one sports book. Just go to FanDuel.com slash gamblers and sign up. 
to get $150 in bonus bets when you bet your first five bucks. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 plus and present select states. First online, real money wager only, $10 deposit required. Refund issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hope is here. Gambling helpline MA.org or call 1-800-327-5050. For 24-7 support in Massachusetts, call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 in New York. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH in Indiana. 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit www.mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland, 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming, or visit 100gambler.net in West Virginia. So we had a second game on Tuesday evening, another blowout, and that has been a story for the Denver Nuggets, who have been money in the bank house when they play on their home floor, 118-102 over the Phoenix Suns, and really outside of the second quarter, where Phoenix got a little something going, Denver has just been so damn explosive at home. It is amazing the difference in the Nuggets when they're playing on their home floor and when you take them away from their home floor. At home house, it seems like nobody could go into that building and win. Yeah, the only number you need to know is 48% from three. You look at Michael Porter Jr.'s stat line. And he he's he's a home cat. He likes being at home. He, he shows up with energy. He has his head on straight. Bruce Brown showed out. And this is the difference in the series. The role players, the second tier guys for both teams are much more comfortable at home. And that's how you get Landry Shamit with a 25-point game the other night. And that's how you get Bruce Brown with a 25-point game tonight. And that's the difference in the series. I feel like this one's going seven. I feel like Denver's going to win in seven. It'll be Sunday night. Uh, well, we might be doing another one of these breaking it down, but, um, you know, a, 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 a slight return to mortality for Devin Booker, although he still had a, a terrific game. I mean, a ho-hum 28 points, uh, and a ho-hum, you know, very close to 50% shooting performance, once again, but, um, you know, they, he and KD need to be superhuman if they're going to try and steal something on the road. And uh, that's just not the the way this series has gone down. Right, Dream? Yeah, I mean, you look at these two guys. I mean, they're playing over 40 minutes a game and they have to do the score upwards of 70, 80 points in order to get a win. I mean, tonight you had KD with 26, Booker with 28. That's just not enough. Um, and, you know, they started, <laughs> you know, they're not playing too many minutes for for DeAndre Ayton. And it's just they, just, they just don't have enough. I mean, it's just not a lot of depth on this team. I, I don't see any way that they could win this in seven, but it wouldn't surprise me if they won game six to bring it back to seven. Well, I think we're on the same page here. I'd be stunned if we're talking about Phoenix winning this series because they don't have the answers outside of Booker and outside of Durant that I can count on with the idea of them winning a game seven on the road. I just, I, I, I don't see where it's coming from 
I think, let's put it this way, House, I think it's far more likely we see Denver, and I agree with your thesis. I think this is going to be a seven-game series. I think it very much has been a home court, home court type of deal. But I would be more surprised if Phoenix won game seven than I would be if Denver, let's say, went into Phoenix on Thursday night and took care of business and ended up wrapping up this series. Because all you got to tell me is Devin Booker or Kevin Durant is a little bit off their game, and that opens the door for the Nuggets to go and win. Yeah, and, and you know, the Nuggets maybe knocking down a few more threes on the road. They've been in both of the, the games in, in Phoenix, so those losses that they took. They were in those, you know, it was... It was one break this way, a little bit of a, 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 a foul trouble whistle, you know, bad whistle against Denver. But, you know, the, the 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 biggest difference is the role players. And if if Michael Porter Jr. shows up on the road just one game and then then for sure Denver can win in game six. Yeah, I mean, we, we saw Jokic put up 53 points the other day, so he just needs one of those guys, you know, Michael Porter Jr., Jamal Murray, I mean, Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon's got to be better. I mean, tonight he was pretty rough. Um, Four for 13, just 10 points. I mean, you just get something from, you know, a couple of those role guys, and the Nuggets should be able to win this in six. As you know, we did give out Nuggets minus one and a half games on the 100, so hopefully it can get there. Wow, that's right. So that 100 pick will come down to what you see in game number six. So Raheem... No surprise, right? Opening line for game six, Phoenix at three and a half. That's kind of exactly where I thought it was going to be, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, you know, there is no real tax for, you know, Phoenix. I mean, I'm surprised this line's not four, four and a half. Um, so, I mean, I think you're going to have equal action. I think you're going to have some people laying it with the Suns and some people laying it with the Nuggets. So, House, are you ready to fire on the Suns? I feel like you like that price at three and a half. Um, I'm probably just going to play Denver money line. I've been playing Denver oh, money line. Denver, okay. Yeah, mm. yeah. I, I, I kind of think you know, I, I, I like the idea of them trying to close this out. They'll, they'll have the benefit of, um, the, the, you know, watching the Lakers. I, I honestly think the Lakers, you know, both Denver and and the Lakers are motivated to try and close these out. That's kind of a, an obvious statement, but the, 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 the Lakers especially need rest. So Denver will. See what happens with that um, Lakers Warriors game, and I think if they see the opportunity, because that that would have to go. I think they would end up playing Sunday, uh, or no, it, yeah, right. Game six would be Friday, and then Game seven s- Sunday. Denver catching a little bit of rest, you know, but th- there will be an element of that. I think to to their calculus as to they're going to try and win either way, but I, I think the extra rest is extra motivation. Well, boys, I think at the end of the day, we will be talking about the Nuggets playing in the Western Conference Finals, and I'm not trying to put the kibosh and the mush on anything here. They just look like the deeper, better basketball team. And whether it's in six or seven, I just don't think Phoenix, again, they've gotten superhuman performances out of Booker. They've gotten a really good series out of Kevin Durant, but the answers are simply not there. And you look at the Suns and you compare them to the Nuggets in these games on the road, Phoenix really has just not been there. They got their doors blown off in game one. They get their doors blown off in game five. And even in game two, they end up losing by 10 when they were somewhat in the game. So not counting on the Suns to go and win this series. All right, when we come back, it is a double dip of Wednesday NBA playoff action. The Dream is going to get you ready with the 100. Does he have one pick? Does he have two picks? 
We shall find out. That's coming up next. This episode is brought to you by NetSuite by Oracle. As your business grows, you might start seeing some lag. There's too much work for your team, too many different processes, and it takes forever to close the books. If this sounds like you, you should know these three numbers, 37,000, 25, and one. 37,000 is the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. It's a cloud financial system that can help streamline accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25, that's how many years NetSuite has been helping businesses do more with less. And one, because your one-of-a-kind business deserves a customized solution for your KPIs. It's like when you come here for this podcast or when you check out your favorite website to gather all the info you need to make better decisions for your fantasy leagues. Well, NetSuite does that for your business and then some. It's one efficient system, one source of truth with everything you need to grow. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash ringer. That is netsuite.com slash ringer. As we get ready for the Wednesday slate of NBA playoff action, we got two games to break down, the Miami Heat and the New York Knickerbockers, Knicks facing elimination, the Golden State Warriors, the defending champs, Facing elimination after the Lakers hold serve in game three and then again in stunning fashion in game number four. Dream, it's 100 time. Fire away, amigo. Let's keep this short and sweet. We're going to go with the Miami Heat plus 142 on the money line against the New York Knicks. I'm sorry, JJ. Like I said before, everything in New York ain't always what it seems. And right now, I mean, it's... You guys look dead as fried chicken. You know, we look at this New York Knicks team. They are only scoring 99 points per game throughout this series. We all knew coming into this series that they struggle offensively. But the glaring thing that we saw in game number four is that their big advantage as far as offensive rebounding and defensive rebounding has gone completely out of the window. It looks like the Miami Heat are, are the hungrier team. They're they, they just working harder on the boards. I mean, everything is going their way. They can score better. They can defend better. Miami Heat, they're going to wrap this one up in five games. So let's go with them on the money line. Okay. So Raheem House, as you guys know, was in Miami for game four. And it was a game in which the Knicks played, honestly, a pretty darn good offensive game. R.J. Barrett played well. Jalen Brunson was efficient and scored a ton of points. Randall's effort was awful. Randall's rebounding ability was awful. But if you look at his stat line and you look at his offensive numbers, they were there. But there was never a moment house in that game. Even when the Knicks were scoring 30-something points in the first quarter. Even when, you know, they're down four in the third quarter. They're scratching and clawing in the fourth quarter. I never felt like they were going to win because every time they made a run, Miami would go and answer. Then you have a stretch where you get 10 consecutive rebounds. This makes Cleveland look so damn pathetic, guys. I can't stress this enough because Mitchell Robinson and Hortenstein and any of the bigs for the Knicks embarrassed the likes of Mobley and embarrassed the likes of Allen. But yet House for Miami... Mitchell Robinson is getting run off the floor by Bam Adebayo. The Heat are getting good looks every time they get going on offense. And the Knicks, to me, just look like the inferior team. That's what it boils down to. Like, the series price, you think about it. The Knicks were minus 160 to win this series. How's Vegas got that one dead wrong? 
Well, I think Vegas got it dead right because they knew that New York, New York was going to come out with their pocketbook and make big oh, you investments. Go. So you say the New York the tax Knicks. inflated that price. Okay, you, fair you, enough. You, you know that's right. <laughs> you know that's right. But JJ, I'm glad that you started off with the reference to Cleveland because the thing that jumped off the page to me watching Game Four was this: we we came into these entire Knicks playoffs saying. Is this Knicks team the same old Tibbs team? Is it the same old Knicks-Tibbs situation where Tibbs gets the most out of a team in the regular season and then the playoffs arrive and they don't have another level? Well, they had a level against a very inexperienced team with an inexperienced coach in the playoffs that um, wasn't ready for, for playoff basketball in the form of the Cleveland Cavaliers. Everybody knows the NBA playoffs are all about matchup, matchup, matchup. And Eric Spolstra is a is a is a master chessman when it comes to these things. He they they had a game plan for this Knicks team from the jump, and the, the, there hasn't been an answer from Tibbs. Tibbs has no answers now. Part of it for sure is Julius Randle being Julius Randle, right? He, like at the end of the day, he had a great regular season. He earned the accolades, the regular season accolades. Um, and and if we're being gracious about it, we say, well, the ankle issues that he had, he ordered his ankle twice, the same ankle twice in the last three weeks. So if you want to be gracious to Julius, you say uh, he's, he's playing, you know, hurt and he's powering through it. But it's the decision making. It's the judgment. It's the shots going up at the wrong time in the shot clock. It's the ball stopping dead in the half court offense. He's he's doing Julius Randle ball stopper and to Miami's credit, they really have made Jalen Brunson work for every single thing. I mean, we came away from that series with Cleveland. Like, look at this alpha Jalen Brunson. Well, he's back to earth because this Miami team has a game plan. They've game planned Jalen Brunson into he he's effective, but he ain't going to beat him. They, they, they'll, they'll let him sort of have his stuff, but they, they're the ball and the half court offense for the Knicks is dead. And, and, and if you want to, to see what offense looks like, all you have to do is look at the Miami end and watch them move the ball four times. Bam out of bio um, is, is, you know, every bit of that guy in this playoff situation against this Knicks team, they're putting him in great situations on both ends. He's playing defense one through five. And then he comes down offense and he's a distributor. He's a decoy or he goes to the rim and finishes. It, 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 it's it's one, two, three Cancun, JJ. I'm right there with Dream. I love Dream's pick of Miami on the money line. That's where I'm going with this one as well. Well, listen, I get the money line aspect. I really do, Raheem. But I got to run this by you because I figured for sure the market would move this line against the New York Knickerbockers and with the Miami Heat. And, and if you look at the line, it has actually moved with the New York Knickerbockers, which to me, it's a little bit surprising, quite frankly. It's at four. Uh, I thought it would be lower than that. I, I thought we might be looking at three. I thought we might be looking at two and a half. Um, is that Raheem due to the fact that, hey, it's three to one? You know, it might be the aspect of, hey, we want maybe New York to have one more playoff game on Friday night. Uh, let's make sure that the Knickerbockers, who maybe were doing some bellyaching about the officiating, which to me was totally misguided and totally overblown, and I didn't want to hear any of the Julius Randle screaming 
on a lot of legitimate fouls. Listen, I'll be the first to complain about officiating. That is not a game where officiating to me played a role whatsoever. But do you think that line kind of moving with the Knicks a little bit is due to that element? What, what gives with that, Raheem? I'm curious. Well, I mean, I've seen the line move back and forth from three and a half to four, depending on what sportsbook you're at. Obviously, at FanDuel Sportsbook, they have it at minus four with it opening at plus three and a half. I mean, I think the biggest thing is that this is a desperation spot. And I think you're seeing that priced in within the market in these, you know, these games to where, you know, it's do or die. So um, I think the Knicks are kind of getting a do or die burst in terms of their point spread, but I'm not buying it. You know what? I'm actually going to go the other way here. I think the Knicks are going to mm-hmm. give you a moment. Now, I think they're dead to rights in this series. Let me let me make this crystal clear. The Knicks have zero chance of winning this series. I Even if they win on Wednesday night, they're going to get absolutely steamrolled in Miami on Friday. This series, for all intents and purposes, is over. But if there's one thing you've seen with this Knicks team all year, they got guts. They have heart, no pun intended. They are going to play. Like, I don't think this is a mail-in effort from the Knickerbockers. I think that Gordon crowd will be tense. They'll let them hear it if they're playing poorly. But I kind of think the Knicks have one more moment at home before it all ends on Friday night. It kind of gives me shades of the 2013 second round series. In fact, the last time the Knickerbockers were in the second round, they were down three games to one against Indiana. They won a convincing game five with Chris Copeland. Then the Hibbert block on Melo in game six. And my soul and my body and my spirit has not recovered. Um, one thing I want to say, though, House, I'm glad you hit on Randall. I want him off my team. Can, can I admit that? I want him off my team. I understand he's all NBA. I know two of the last three years he's been great. He's not a winning player. And I think we've seen that now in the postseason. Just the, the turnovers, the, just the, the style of play in which he brings to the table. House, it puts up numbers. It'll win you games in a regular season. But for my New York Knickerbockers, they are not getting to great lengths, in my opinion, with Julius Randle on this team. I just, I think when they get to where they want to be, Randle will not be a part of the solution. My two cents. I don't disagree one bit. Um, and part of the challenge for the Knicks is, okay, uh, what are you going to get in, in return for Julius Randle? It isn't a very robust market out there. Everybody's watching these games and, you know, he is a, a perfectly viable um, regular season dude. You hit right on it, uh, but he 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 needs the ball. He thinks he's an alpha, uh, and and he's not a playoff alpha. So I I don't know. There, it, it's a conundrum. Um, you're going to have to find in in the marketplace another player with damaged goods reputation to 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 swap. I mean, I, I Jordan Poole might be available. JJ, you might. There's a player out in, in San Francisco that might be looking for I another can't team coming this offseason. Steve Kerr wanting anything to do with Julius Randle. Could you imagine that? <laughs> Steve Kerr with the way they run cool offense, Randall, having Julius no. Randle on his team. Oh Stop my doing goodness! Doing it for you. Oh I'm just saying, we got to get the Podfather on that. Steve, any interest in Julius? Please, by all means. And then Raheem, one thing on the Heat, they were as crazy as like sixty to one to win a title as of like yeah. a week and a half ago, two weeks ago. Is there still value? On the cockroaches who are going to win this series against the New York Knickerbockers at 15 to 1. You see value there or no? Yes, I think there's value there for the sole fact that if you look at the Eastern Conference finals, it's pretty clear that they're going to have the best coach. Um, And we saw last year a better version of the Boston Celtics 
Miami Heat, they were a Jimmy Butler three-pointer away from winning that series. Now, I mean, they get the, a chance to take on Joe Mazzula or Doc Rivers. And if you tell, if you ask me, Eric Spoelstra can outcoach both of them. And the way Jimmy Butler is playing, I mean, he's arguably the first or second best player in the postseason this year. I mean, Devin Booker has a lot to say about that because he hasn't missed since March. But, I mean, I think there's some value on the, on the Miami Heat. How's I'm not going to bet them. Well, not not to win the NBA championship. Uh, I agree with that. I mean, you know, I, I'll step in with a little something. I don't think I have anything on the Heat. I mean, I don't. You, you, I you, wish you, I did. Mm-hmm. I mean, those numbers yeah. were crazy a week and a half ago, guys. They were crazy. Yeah, exactly. That's right. I mean, look, look, look at them. They're 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 now seven and two in the playoffs. I mean, it's just every year we know better than to go against this team. But they were so bad in the regular season, and they had so many lackluster moments. But they crank it up. The only thing that would make me tap the brakes at all is Jimmy Butler's ankle. You can see it on defense. Guys can go by him. Of course, you know Tibbs is not isolating him or hasn't so far. They had a mismatch in 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 a game four. They had an opportunity to try and run stuff right at Butler, and they just don't do it. They just won't do it. Barrett does it with a little bit, you know, it's somewhat effective. But I don't understand why they're not targeting Jimmy Butler on defense. So, you know, he's he's clearly you know exerting on offense, and then you know just just trying to maintain on defense. But uh, in any event, I. I I don't know what to do about this Heat team. I, I don't. I think I just have to take my my lumps with them. Talking about a team that took some lumps, the Golden State Warriors are one game away from saying sayonara, and they could forget about a title defense. So, boys, we can forget about the yin and yang theory for the Warriors and the Lakers after the Lakers go house after falling behind. Third quarter, looks like we're going back to Golden State 2-2. Lonnie Walker has something to say about it. Some terrible Golden State offense has something to say about it. A brutal beat if you had the Warriors last night. And here we stand, 3-1 Lakers up on the Golden State Warriors. How about that, House? JJ, first of all, I can't believe you you call them my... You you said they're your Lakers. uh, uh, My Lakers. that's what, right. What a New York dude say my Lakers. Well, listen, <laughs> when you're invested, money talks. Well, you got to understand something here, House. The Nick Laker rivalry for me is non-existent because Never existed. I didn't grow up with Willis yep. and Jerry no. West. It's in many ways the Nick Celtic rivalry for me. Now it's different because I root against all the Boston teams, so there's uh, allegiances there. There's loyalty there. But, like, Knicks-Lakers for me was never a thing. Like, Knicks-Heat, that's a rivalry. Knicks-Pacers, that's a rivalry. Uh, uh, Nick-Chicago Bulls, those are, like, the rivalries of my childhood. I never really had hate for the Lakers, to be honest. Just LA, but I got Jack's there. I got a ticket on them to win a championship. I'm in on the Lakers, house. All right, they're they're your Lakers. I'll give them to you. They have been absolutely relentless, and... I, I'm I'm trying to give them credit. So first of all, let let's give credit where it's due. Every other Davis, a- Anthony Davis showed up. He's every day Davis now. He's every Davis. <laughs> every day. Uh, every day. Now, all day. And, uh, <laughs> every day. All day. And 
He's the the key to the series. If he shows up, the Lakers win. The we we the the the, the fan public the the commentariat wanted to give Draymond all this credit for shutting down Anthony Davis in Game Two. Come on, Anthony Davis shut down Anthony Davis. The only one who can stop Anthony Davis is Anthony Davis. Get this Draymond stuff out of here. He, Davis gets whatever he wants, wherever he wants it, and that's. That's what distinguishes him. It's why LeBron chose him to be his running mate over these last four or five years. Um, the thing that I can't get over, and I've seen it, I keep seeing it with my eyes. I've been watching it all season long. These end of game mishaps by the Golden State Warriors, these end of game, their failure to execute, the bad judgment, the turnovers, the decision making. I just can't get over how bad it looks for a team with this pedigree and it's the most seasoned guys. It's Draymond, it's Steph and clay. I think the pod father was at the game last night. He, he was saying, while I'm out here watching the corpse of clay, you know, walk up and down the, the, the court. I don't know what to make of this warriors team. We've learned over a decade to not underestimate them, but who, who are they? They, they, they're, 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 they're five deep. They're not at six deep. They're five deep. And they have a, a serious personnel problem with Davis. I, I don't know what to do with them. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of problems with this Golden State Warriors team. I mean, when you look at the fact that Klay Thompson took that that three that almost had Steve Kerr going crazy. It was just an ill The reaction, shot. Raheem, was fantastic. And I, I saw it on Twitter earlier today. You could just see him saying, no, come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, and then also, I mean, you look at the fact that, you know, in that first half, they ran 24 pick and rolls with Steph Curry. In the second half, they only ran it six times in a must-win game. And it just feels like this Warriors team truly lacks an identity. You know, Steve Curry, he likes to, you know, move the ball around and put Steph Curry off ball. But they opted to play a more heliocentric style of play. And you saw down the stretch, Steph Curry was gassed because it was very reminiscent of Kevin Love guarding Steph Curry in Game 7 of the 2016 Finals. He couldn't get off his shot against Anthony Davis. You know, he took that mid-range jumper off one leg, missed it. Draymond got the rebound. Instead of going back up, he passes it out to Curry. And Curry takes a 35, 40-foot three that looks like it's not even close. And then they run the hammer play against the guy who created the hammer play in Darvin Ham, and they snuff it out. You know, Draymond has the turnover. It's just a bad look all the way around for this Golden State Warriors team. I think the Golden State Warriors, if this was five years ago, two years ago, one year ago, they put that game away in the third quarter. But, I mean, it's like House said, they're five deep. Jordan Poole is giving them nothing. Klay Thompson is a corpse. He's on Larry Holmes' status. Flavia's sick. They're in trouble. Okay. The Warriors are still seven-point favorites against the Los Angeles Lakers in Game 5. Raheem, we've seen a couple of these mailing efforts from the Lakers. We saw it in Game 2 against the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, we saw it in Game 5 to some degree against the Memphis Grizzlies. They took care of business in a big way in Game 6. And then, of course, you're haunted by what we saw in Game 2, where, if you remember, all three of us had a family play on the Warriors to go and win and for the Warriors to go and cover. You did not include the Warriors as one of your plays for the 100, which I found a little surprising. I thought maybe you'd go back to that well. You're not going back to that well, though, Raheem. You're staying off the game, huh? 
Yeah, I can't go back to the well. I mean, for the simple fact that it's like when you look at this Golden State Warriors team, I just don't think they're a deep team. And, you know, it's like we never see the Warriors adjust this much. I mean, they put Gary Payton Jr. in the starting lineup. They added Jermichael Green in the starting lineup. It just feels like they're grasping for straws. And, you know, this Warriors team, they are 33-8 and at home. But we did see the Sacramento Kings go into their home court and beat them in game six to force a game seven. Look, I mean, this line is seven, seven and a half. I can understand why, you know, most people want to take the Warriors, but I'm personally going to stay away because it wouldn't surprise me if the, if the Lakers just went in there with all their depth and got it done right away. House? Yeah, JJ. The interesting thing to me, and we were trying to size this up as the series got started, it, it, what were the Lakers going to be in a, at a disadvantage because of the every other night schedule? And I honestly think it's been kind of neutralized by the fact that a couple games were blowouts. And so you, you had LeBron and Anthony Davis only playing right around like 30 minutes or so in those games, a little bit north of 30 minutes. They got the, they were kind of load managing in those games as they were going on. And I don't think that the, the Warriors have ever really caught their breath since game seven against the Kings. That, that high leverage, high, high stress situation where every guy had to, every starter had to play 45 minutes, you know, give or take. I, it, it looks like they, I, I attribute some of the misjudgment, the miscalculation, the errors, the carelessness at the end of games. I think some of that is fatigue, JJ. Okay. I know you're a value man house. Plus, 385 for the Warriors who will have game five in their building, who would have a potential game seven in their building, plus 385 to win the series. Any interest? I have to do it. I hate to do it. I have to do it. I mean, until somebody beats the champion, they're the champion. And at that price, I got to have a little bit. I don't need a big portion, a big exposure to it. And I do have a nice, you know, spot with the Lakers in terms of the Western Conference Finals. So it's it's a type of hedge, but that price is too juicy. I just have to have something on them. This this team, these guys, they've done it so many times over the last decade. A little taste on them doesn't feel crazy to me. Yeah, I'm not going to be able to do it, unfortunately. Um, you know, when I look at this Golden State Warriors team, I just don't think they have enough enough depth to do it. And I just think this, like, one of the most interesting things that I've seen is that when you look at four of these teams who made the conference finals in the bubble, the Miami Heat, the Boston Celtics, the Los Angeles Lakers, the Denver Nuggets, everybody called that bubble run a fluke. But these teams are here right now. So what does that tell you about that season. I mean, it must have been legitimate. And you look at this Lakers team, they they missed the playoffs last year, but they're finally healthy. They finally got a lot of depth around them. They got guys like D'Angelo Russell. They got guys like Lonnie Walker. You got guys like Austin Reeves. This is the probably the, the most stacked core that we've seen around LeBron James, where he doesn't have to do everything, doesn't have to play on ball. I just think the Los Angeles Lakers are going to close this out. So I just can't see the Warriors putting it together. It just feels like, you know, the, the vibes have been bad all year long. We saw Draymond Green punch Jordan Poole in the face. <laughs> I mean, and Jordan Poole, he might still have CTE from, you know, that punch based on how he's playing in this series. So 
I can't go with the Warriors at all. I mean, I know they're plus 850 to win the conference. I know there's some people who probably want to sprinkle on that, but I will not be one of them. When we come back, we'll set the stage for what we got coming up the rest of the week. And one of my low-key favorite events that's disturbing, and I think the both of you are going to mock me for it, but I'll elaborate. I'll explain. We'll wrap it up. Coming up next. So before we say goodbye, I have a confession for the boys. And you guys might throw some tomatoes at my face. You guys might call me super lame, but that's fine. I'm used to that sort of criticism. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York, we want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. I'm a sucker for the NFL schedule release. It comes out on Thursday. I'm going to be monitoring all the leagues. I want to see where I'm planning my road trips. I want to see who's opening up where. I want to see who's playing on Thanksgiving. I want to say who's playing on Christmas. Uh, my Dolphins play your C-Words this year, House. My Dolphins play your Cowboys this year, Raheem. Are we going to get the Jets and the Cowboys this year on Thanksgiving? House, is it okay to admit that I love the NFL schedule release, or is that super corny? I think it's fine, right? Because the NFL now is is all the way around the clock, and it gives you something to look forward to. I mean, part of the degenerate thing to do is to sit down and start mapping out what are the lines going to be for these games? <laughs> and, you know, where where are we going to try and get some of this early advantage on win totals? Um, and, I, you know, that that's a perfectly good use of your time because no reason to not start right now. The draft's in the rearview mirror. Most free agency sorted itself out. The revolving, uh, you know, the musical chairs with quarterbacks has basically settled. All that's left is training camp and some quarterback competitions in a couple different venues, including possibly Washington. I don't know. But then you, you sit down and you say, okay, let me get my, my first cut on, on win totals and maybe some division winners. Let me see if I have a lean. And the schedule is the perfect way to do it, JJ. I'm behind you, buddy. Yeah, I'm behind you too. I mean, it's, you can never be too early on the NFL schedule, you know, just to get ahead on, you know, some of those scheduling spots, Um, you know, make some early season win total bets. So I'm here. I'm here for it as well. Well, I appreciate the love and the solidarity as always from the East Coast bias boys. So yes, uh, maybe house. I, I think the Miami Dolphins make their way to Washington this year. That uh, you might have to have John Jastrzemski as a house guest for a weekend. Just saying. I still owe you a round of golf. So you, if, if that, if it all works out, you come down. I'll, I'll treat you right because the the the. You're, you'll get a double doozy. You'll get a nice round of golf with me, and then the Seawards will roll over for the Dolphins. So it'll be a nice weekend for JJ down in the, in, in the nation's oh, I capital. I like the sound of that already. So uh, already <laughs> planting the seed as we speak. We got a lot of NBA playoff action coming your way. Good job by the War Gone Warrior for Raheem Palmer, Joe House, John Zustramski. Enjoy your Wednesday. We'll be back next week on FanDuel TV. East Coast Bias later in the week on the Ring of Gambling feed. Boys are out. Be good, everybody. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. 
My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC Slim Fit Trouser, but I am a joggers guy. I just, once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I wanna wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. 